I'm Christopher Leiden in Beijing, paying a house call on the world-famous artist in opposition, the dauntless Democrat Ai Weiwei. His wary sort of humor and his warmth show up on the way into his walled garden. At the gate, his bicycle basket is full of fresh flowers. They're his greeting every morning to the government spies who mind him, the spies who took my picture on the way out. Inside, as we started our conversation, at the great table in his busy studio, I had to ask him. May I ask, are we alone? Is your friend here from the government? I don't think so. I, I think we are alone, but I don't know what are they listening. I have no idea. I should say I'm very monitored or watched. But you seem to have friends all over the street. We met two of your assistants on the way before coming into your garden. It's such a beautiful spot. But uh, this seems to be the Ai Weiwei precinct of Beijing. <laughs> uh, we have been like this for years. Uh, and since I built my studio in uh, 1999, this spot, uh, become a, really a focus point uh, in terms of design, architecture, and uh, art, and uh, also internet uh, activities. So we, we always laughing call it, this is uh, Cao Changdi is a liberation zone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, until one day I was taken up from the airport and had 81 days of uh, secret detention, and that day, same day I was uh, taken away, there's hundreds of police made a, a big ride uh, to to this house. They occupied every street and uh, took photos of all the cars parked nearby, and uh, they uh, the hundreds come into my house and did a very deep search. Not perhaps since Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Soviet Gulag has there been a dissenting artist who got to be as famous as the government that hounds him. But Ai Weiwei's situation is one of a kind. He's a celebrity. He's the virtual mayor of an industrial district in Beijing that has become a thriving village of modern painters, sculptors, art galleries, in official China, Ai Weiwei is a scare word, a non-person. At the same time, he's a popular icon of opposition, what Solzhenitsyn called a second government. Ai Weiwei has mastered what people say is a very Chinese use of paradox and contradiction. He refers to his own testing of the limits as a kind of performance art. He sees himself, we discovered, as a Chinese patriot, remember, he was a star consultant in the design of the Bird's Nest Stadium built for the Beijing Olympics in 2008. And his devotion to Chinese wit, Chinese ways of doing things and understanding of life kept popping into his conversation. And still his words were unforgiving, really scathing about the Communist Party dictatorship, no matter that it is rebuilding China's infrastructure and making millions of Chinese people rich. As we spoke in Beijing this summer, Ai Weiwei had a big show on at the Brooklyn Art Museum of conceptual art, idea-driven sculpture, and multimedia. Everybody knows he wasn't allowed to go to New York for the opening, but he said it didn't bother him that much. 
you know, I'm an individual. I'm an artist uh, in China. For past three, four years, I, I, I didn't even travel. I can't travel. So I think the, I think maybe because this kind of act really, you know, from the authority made me become quite well known, and uh, I realized that even I. W- you know, walk in the park. I would see young people come up and uh, say, "Hey, I can we take a photo?" Or we're your supporters, or we we're sympathizer of your、mm. act. You know, it's quite a、uh, surprising how how popular they made me become. I wish we were in the Brooklyn Art Museum today. The United States, New York loves that show, and I do too. And yet, they won't let you see it. Well, New York is kind of like my town. I spent、uh, over ten years there, and、uh, I love New York. So when I know my traveling show is going to be, end up in there, I am kind of nervous. You know, it's kind of you 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 meet your lover or something. You know, it's kind of nervous. So I'm 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 very happy the show turned out to be all right. And、uh, I can't. I don't have a chance to go, but、uh, that's fine. The show is made for for audience, and、uh, you know, the work is there and、uh, <laughs> has been taking professional care there by Brooklyn Museum, and、uh, the their writers write a very beautiful article about it. I'm very、uh, grateful for them. When the children stop you in the park,、um, what is it they see? What is it they want to support? And identify with. I think、uh, today China, has,、uh, after thirty years of、uh, fast developing, and、uh, of course, young people, the new generation,、uh, they're born in the eighties or, or late seventies, eighties or nineties. They are they are really in a very different world than its government, I should say. So they're they're much more liberal, open, and.、Uh, They're much better informed, even all the internet, major internet, still under very strong uh, sense, uh, being censored in China. But still,、uh, I think、uh, the information is much、uh, well spread than before. So then you can see people have different channels and.、Uh, And、uh, has has some space to make their own、um, choice or decisions.、Mm-hmm. So th- that is very hopeful. Actually, you you see、uh, the resistance of the power, you know, for change. And you see the the young generation; they automatically belong to a new world. And、uh, so I, you know, I I see hope and、uh, possibilities there. What ha- what has Open them up. Do you think? I think basically in two senses.、Uh, first, they are they are living a more contemporary world. The material life, the exchange between people, and、uh, you know, the new technology and all those things、uh, really affect their life. They are actually, if they want to challenge, they want to meet the challenge, or they want to. Have a, a better development in their personal、uh, life, emotion, or career, or even just communication. They have to adapt、uh, the, the new technology. 
and uh, that uh, is such a natural uh, act. And uh, another thing is, uh, in past decades, annually Ch- China have uh, hundred thousand young uh, youngsters to study outside United States mm-hmm. and Europe. And those people are, of course, they are elite of a group because uh, they either they have to have some background in either economy or or even belong to uh, elite uh, society. So they they study outside. They have to make their own judgment. They have a, their own experience, and they're better educated or better informed at least. So I think those people. Or continuously going to make a strong impact on in Chinese future. So something is working in their favor. Well, yes, I'm working in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to, um, as we say, push back a little bit on on your case. In sense, I came from Shanghai on the train yesterday, and I was looking out that window for six hours, and I was thinking, something is working here. It's a beautiful picture out those windows of the order in those farms, the greenhouses, the plastic greenhouses, the people uh, in tractors, and some of them out weeding alone. It looked like an old Chinese painting uh, in many scenes along that way. But in general, also the technology of the train and the investment in that in that infrastructure is huge, and people are enjoying it. Not evenly yet, but Something good is happening there, and I, I, I wanted to say, do you know how good this country looks from the train? Yes, I often take the train. Even I, I notice I've been followed in train stations <laughs> and uh, and the hotel lobbies, but uh, nobody can can ignore. You know, this China has been uh, going through a really fast developing, and uh, made a lot of uh, progress and. Uh, of course, it's a very powerful state, and uh, I don't see any state in, in in this planet can make such a dramatic change. And this is uh, there's some kind of credit there. Mm. And uh, but when we talk about uh, change, there's several things we have to mention. Uh, to whom this change is made for? I mean, you know, what kind of society and what kind of people we are we are preparing this for? Yeah. And uh, and how this change has been made, and and at what cost? So those things has to be uh, actually should be discussed. It's uh, much more complicated, of course, for a, a traveler or people from outside of China would be so impressed. And uh, I'm also often very impressed, you know, to see the road, you know, the the energy of build a new city or a new town and. Uh, and such a miracle, mm. uh, kind of, you know, it doesn't look very real. It's kind of like a surreal. Yeah, absolutely. But I was thinking, but wouldn't this government be good for Egypt? I would love to see <laughs> the Chinese model or some of it in many parts of the world, including Iraq, including parts of India. Well, yes, many people made uh, this kind of this kind of comparison to. Brazil, India, or Egypt, or many, many, you know, the world is so, so problematic. But, but I cannot focus on that, you know, because this is, uh, <laughs> you know, this, I can focus on 
my understanding of our own history, or as Chinese, our own culture, right or wrong, or or, or better or worse. You mm. know, those things we can talk about. I think you can you can buy everything, you can build everything, but uh, how you build the human spirit, how yeah. you build the, you know, how you make young people feel hope and uh, have energy, have imagination and creativity. Those things I I really think a lot and uh, worried about, you know, because. Uh, those uh, human uh, inner structures. Right about here in our conversation, Ai Weiwei's distress about China started to remind me of parallel anxieties in the U.S. An American in China for the first time sees a lot of our faults exaggerated, maybe. We have our own pretty narrow and unpopular elite, our own money politics, almost a one-party state. The Chinese would call it a dynasty of Bushes and Clintons. We have a lot of the same complaints about an overbuilt and underperforming higher education system. We have the same worries about culture losing out to commerce and advertising. Ai Weiwei said, well, the bad traits of big states begin to converge, but there are big differences too, he said. He cited one by name, Edward Snowden, the exiled American leaker of security secrets. Yeah, I think all the powers, uh, somehow they, are, they become alike, you know, all the authorities, U.S. or China. But uh, what we shouldn't forget is U.S. still produce uh, individuals like uh, Snowden, you know, they, they, you still have a very strong individuals, uh, independent mind and mm-hmm. the independent uh, act. I think those are very, very important for any society to protect individual rights and to to protect freedom of speech. Well, in some circumstances, you know, you don't put people who just have different ideas in jail. And, you know, it's like you kill best part of your society. Yes. You know, you don't put writers, poets, or musicians. You don't limit their, their, their expressions because you are simply suiciding by doing that. So as an artist, I have my responsibility to speak out for you know, my rights or our rights. Most artists don't do so. You yeah. know, there's only a few artists, maybe. This is true. The United States produces a Snowden, but China produces an Ai Weiwei and Yuhua and other outspoken individual people, and um, we're, here to, we're here to celebrate them. It's, it's very little. You know, it's, uh, in today's world, those people become uh, singled out and uh, become uh, such a very weak voice, actually. But uh, still, we need those voices to be there. It's not about me. It's really about uh, independent uh, criticism. I think that is, uh, should always be there, should be encouraged, or at least I don't think any society would encourage that. But at least not to be uh, uh, diminished. Yes, but let's praise God that you have not been discouraged. You're thriving in your own city, in your own country, and the world is watching and listening and loving your work, too. Well, maybe I, in some sense, I'm a lucky one, but, uh, and, uh, you know, we have one life. This is, you just have to think how you spend it, you know. It's, it, it, this you don't give more when you die. I mean, this is uh, all, all we need, and our voice, our expressions, and our way to communicate, to to share ideas, and uh, maybe to help others. Now I want to hear you talk about the state of China 
the moral state of China, the emotional state of China, the spiritual, philosophical, where are we? I think if we talk about those uh, topics, I think we, we come back to the, you know, the uh, ground zero. And uh, I think most, uh, after 100 years of, you know, uh, revolution and all kinds of class struggle, what they destroy the most is the, the foundation of uh, this culture. And I, I don't know if it's good or bad, you know, it's just the fact that the, the foundation of this culture has been destroyed. The philosophy, the so-called the moral and the aesthetics completely, completely destroyed many, many times. And continuously, those things are not to uh, encourage to, to have any meaningful discussion and uh, there's no profound idea. Uh, ideas or or even a sound argument uh, we can relate to. So that's pretty modern. You know, you have a, such empty volume in China. Anything goes. You know, uh, empty space, uh, which uh, you know in China is such a large society have a long history and uh, uh, such a complexity there. But it's uh, but it's totally a vacuum uh, space. You know, which. Uh, but with very strong uh, sense of control and uh, sensor. So it's very quite a strange uh, stage we are in. That strange surrealism of China today led to a litany of qualities that Ai Weiwei loves about his country. I had asked him about the Chinese gift for breaking rules, for thinking outside the box, for double thinking, even under communism. Yeah, that's the culture. I mean, Chinese are, are quite uh, intelligent or witty in Create their own liberal uh, space, you know, within some kind of even very extreme conditions. And even they just have very small possibilities, they still can grow things and uh, still can achieve some kind of happiness uh, or self, uh, some kind of confidence and uh, there. So that maybe made Chinese culture. Uh, very different from uh, from others, you know. Let me ask. It's hard to imagine, but China is a society with great potential. I should say, you know, uh, people uh, still. I think uh, the tradition, uh, the culture, uh, still works in even when we say the basic structure is destroyed. But uh, you know, the understanding of um, humans life or their relations with outside or or relations between the people, they, they still have a very strong uh, Chinese way or Chinese uh, characteristic uh, characters. So I I think uh, they're very practical, I should say, and uh, they're, they love freedom and uh, they like variations to have their own uh, decision or definition about their, their life. Mm. So it's, it's quite rich in those aspects. Uh, for me, I think it can be a, a wonderful society with some justice, you know. We need a little bit of justice. We need a little bit of fairness in the, the whole game. You know, China has never believed we can have a perfect system, but, you know, basic social justice, basic rights, you know, to provide people you know, not to, to make people disappear when they have different ideas. Mm. It's not asking too much, you know. This <laughs> and uh, maybe in some circumstance, people need to vote. 
uh, the voting is not just a game. It make people feel they're involved, feel individual are important for the society, feel they can bear some responsibility. Otherwise, nobody bear responsibility because you never, never even been asked. Yeah. So when those rights being applied or through the practice, of course, they always can have some kind of different meaning or result. I would say the, the nature connection is pretty, pretty dark, even out the window of the train. I mean, the, the thing that worried me most was those endless high-rises, which have detached people from the land, but also from each other. It, it, that looks to me like a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It's, uh, you know, you see people, you know, the balance of the, the human effort, human act, and the natural response. And uh, so you see, for different reasons, they build the roads, they build the, you know, structures. Every uh, act which involves very heavy corruption, you know, those corruption really become a, a, like a bait for, for investment. Mm -hmm. Those are big issues. It's not a human structure. Mm -hmm. It's a structure really represent, uh, you know, the dictating power, you know, that only reflects the, the interests of the people who, who's in control. Um, let's talk more about almost a century of one revolution after another in China, starting, I suppose, back in the 30s and the war years, the National Liberation War won by the communists, the Civil War, the Great Leap Forward, the industrial effort, the Cultural Revolution, and now the market revolution. Yuhua says it's all one thing, that China is sort of addicted to revolutions, and that there's a great deal of the Cultural Revolution spirit and drive in this capitalist revolution, that all of them have in common a few men at the top. There's a great deal of violence in all of these revolutions, including the bulldozer violence of the redevelopment revolution, and that they're all completely uh, propagandistic. They're driven by bullhorns and TV advertising and big character posters. Uh, they smother us in, in propaganda. Do you believe that, that it's a one sort of continuous manipulation of a few people? Yes, I think Yuhua is uh, absolutely right. I think uh, basically the understanding of society is never never changed and it's almost like northern korean today you know china was so poor in the 60s and 70s and then they understand if they they can loosen up in that part uh, maybe china can survive when china survives the communist also survives mm. you know they're always on on top of it and uh, it worked well that, that once again approved Chinese culture have very strong uh, potential, you know. But the, the bottom line is to, to make a, a form control, you know, to, to maintain the power. So today, maybe even facing all kind of problems, still they think the, the, you know, the, still it's a very powerful state. I wonder, though, if that's fair, even to the, the present moment. Again, I'm riding on the train, but walking around Shanghai and now Beijing, uh, it seems to me there is a, we say this is an engineer's state, 
but they are doing things. They are getting results. They're investing vast amounts of money in technology that, that has to serve millions and millions of people. They're putting vast amounts of money into education. Uh, they're making it tough for independent voices for sure, but this does look to me like a kind of um, top-down social revolution. And people are getting real benefits out of it. Better diet, uh, maybe better opportunities to work in the end, but certainly modern education. Well, that's your, your picture. And, uh, it's, it's my, it's it's my your, wild guess, but my, my challenge is a little bit to you. I don't see that as a challenge if we not to see what is, uh, what is uh, the bottom line with the whole development. Uh, uh, we have a, 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 a healthy society. I mean, we, do we have a meaningful uh, beliefs or, or, or something? We, we think we are working f- together for a nation which really uh, become a, a better society. I, you know, uh, those things can never even be discussed. Chairman Mao, they always use the same, paint this beautiful picture for people that, you know, if there's no communist, there's no new China. This is their typical their slogan, mm. and then now even West believe in that. This is this is a typical bullshit. You know, <laughs> what's the new China? What is new China? What are they talking about? They see people as slavery, modern slavery, or they see people. Yeah, yes, they live by slogans, even brainwashing, and you feel it in Shanghai in the malls. In Shanghai the is the worst of the society model, you know, the worst. Explain. Because they, they really love all the material life yep. of the West. They just worship, uh, you know, uh, any material life. But they refuse to talk about anything which has any... They, they don't build any critical mind. You know, this yep. is such a corrupt society. They just follow the communist step. Uh, every moment, even in the worst moment, you know, when certain uh, bomb, which is you know Chairman Mao's uh, gods, or you know, they always uh, so-called leftist. This is the one uh, trying to make China most controlled and uh, has any doesn't have any liberal thinking. You know when. When I have a show in Shanghai just two months ago, which I'm just part of a group show, and that show is about to show some historical aspect in the 1990s, which I involved as a jury for some kind of China Contemporary Art Awards. 20 minutes before the show, the police and the so-called culture officials come, come to the Shanghai Contemporary Art Museum, force them to take down my names from the wall. Mm. Even the, the, you know, the museum official says, this is history, you know, how can we do it? Mm. This, this has to be done, the work has to be removed, the name has to be erased, so they have to use hairdressers to, you know, to dry the wall to, to make, you know, 20 minutes before the show. So that's kind of mentality. They have to destroy my studio. They will invite me to build a studio for some kind of culture promotion, but then they just completely, uh, you know, those are liars, you know. They, <laughs> these really shameless liars. And, uh, but this, they, they are existent 
give a perfect example how this society works. You can be a, you can be a shameless liar to survive and to be to polish yourself as a modern society. If Louis Vuitton can have his name on the wall, why can't you? If Prada can be all over the walls of Shanghai, why not you? Well, I I really don't know. I think.、Uh, I think this, that's their last le-、uh, chance for celebration before any revolution. You know,、mm. that's a sign for revolution. The Vuitton bag. Yeah, if every lady just carries Vuitton's bag but cannot mention my name, think about it.、Mm. Shanghai、uh, is the worst of it.、Um, speak of those two cities that you know very well, Shanghai and New York. You thrived in New York in a semi-underground mode, but it was still the financial capital of the universe.、Uh, why can't Shanghai leave a creative space, a celebrated, open space for artists like you? And will it eventually? Never, never. You know, Shanghai will never be a capital for any kind of creativity. It's just.、Uh It's just、uh, impossible for those people. This kind of mentality, they they just a a kind of people just want to take advantage of a modern world. They try to steal all everything from the you know contemporary, bring effort、mm. which is made by Western civilization in past in the effort of hundred years,、mm. uh, uh, and they just they just kind of steal it. You know they think they can buy it. But they they cannot touch the spirit of the very common, essential values such as、mm. human rights, such as、uh, freedom of speech,、mm. and、uh, such as independent mind. How can a society live like that? Ai Weiwei, would you speak about those values, family values in China, especially social values, abstract philosophical Confucian values? What are the essentials that are in great danger now? The great danger of China, if we talk about society, is no sense of trust.、Mm. If you don't have a power which can can have legitimate、uh, rights, you know, to to control, you know, any power in the family, in the in the any kind of institution or as a nation or in the world, so-called world order. And、uh, if you don't, the power is not legitimate. Then you don't trust your people, which you rules and you controls. And how can you face in yourself, look at their eyes, and、uh, to tell them what to do, and、uh, to 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 tell them your your best for them? They will never work together. They always just trying to profit, benefit their own their, themselves. And they don't work as a society. So you see, even our most profited communist officials, they will send their children outside. Of course, they don't trust it. They know exactly what they're doing.、Mm. They don't trust what they're saying in the meetings. When they talk to people, they don't trust their. You know, it's not something they believe, and they have to say it. It's by order. It's、mm. like military. So. The rich people they just have to shift their money to a safer banking system or, or another、uh, space because you know they don't trust the the whole structure here, and、uh, even the poor people, even the people work for me, you know, they're 
they always ask how can we uh, we send our children outside you know no, can you write a recommendation for us? I said, yes, you, you know, it's, it's such an amazing um, phenomenon now. Everybody want move out. What is happening to the Chinese family, which used to be the foundation of everything? Uh, I think if there's a disaster, that is the worst area, it's called the family. Because literally, all Chinese families in the city has been, has moved in the past 10 years. It's almost none of them are not. So they all moved into a new neighborhood which they can never have a memory where they, they, they have come from. You know, the neighbors, uh, they will never talk to each other. They don't know who, who are they, you know. They don't have uh, uh, young uh, friends when they have a school is. Mm. They don't have a street corner where they can, they had a plate when they are small. Chinese basically is family oriented culture, you know, through family and nutrients all kind of moral and uh, so social structures. And that is completely destroyed. I don't know how it's gonna work. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be getting worse. You know, you, you may have fast trains, beautiful, Buildings, a road, but who's going to work on it? You know, maybe it's good for tourists. <laughs> I have so many people work for me. They are from countryside. They contribute their life. They do worse job in the, you know, in construction the, the, the city. You know, the city is not constructed by the most citizens in Beijing. It's constructed by people, migrants from el uh, elsewhere, yeah. anywhere. They desperately they have to come to Beijing, and they they only go back to their home once, in once every year, to see their children or to to see their parents. And uh, in here they they face the most dangerous jobs. It's modern slave. They have no any kind of protection if they get ill or are injured, and the working uh, hours is terrible. And the working Conditions mostly just poisoning. You know, you cannot, you cannot accept. You cannot even see it. You cannot walk into it. But they, I mean, where is their future? Besides, they can send back money to their mm -hmm. children. They will never see it in ten years. They may only see ten times, mm -hmm. and they have grow, They have to grow up without parenthood. Mm -hmm. And their children, if they want to move them to Beijing. You know where they spend their life to to make uh, to work. Their child cannot have a school here. You call it a, a pretty uh, picture. I mean, this is a, this is just modern slavery. Next time I come to China, I want to visit a prison if I can. But you, you were can be in, in prison. You don't have to visit the prison. I'm just, sorry? just 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 try to make it easy. You can become a prisoner. <laughs> you, be locked yeah. up, you mean? Yeah, locked up for maybe 15 days or, you know, then you, you know what prison is like. You've been there. What is it like? Prison is basically it's the same almost everywhere, you know. It's just some are more luxury, some are less, you know. In Chinese prison, like my, my lawyer who's in prison now, he has to be locked up with another 20 person in a room, which is, you know, it's very crowded. And the prison all have their own rules that 
you know, all those rules just want to break your will and to make you feel you're vulnerable and uh, you're, you're not protected. Mm. And uh, actually, in certain society, the prison just want to show you how unlawful they can be. Mm. So you're scared. You don't trust you're protected. You don't trust your rights. You, you only, only thing you feel is vulnerable, vulnerability, you know, you mm. think, I'm not protect. They're they're ruthless. You know, ruthless is is such an important feeling for certain society. You know, to 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 show you. You know, it's like a a beast mm. next to you. Why you're so scared? Because you know it doesn't really speak same language. Mm. You cannot communicate. Xi Jinping has a China dream. Nobody knows what he means. What, what's your China dream? Actually, I recently I don't have uh, much dreams. You know, it's. Uh, I think we we all have to deal with uh, realities, and uh, the reality is pretty harsh. So, you know, that's my case. You encourage a lot of people. I want to say inspire a lot of people. I think everywhere to stand your ground, um, be yourself. Say what you mean. Yeah, I think those are not uh, political or, or, or principles, but rather uh, we have to respect life. You know, life is, is a miracle, and life is, you know, is only once, and uh, we have to respect it. You know? Amen. Wait, wait, thank you. Thank you very much. So that was my moment with the great man, He regretted as we left that maybe he sounded like a jerk or just a complainer and critic. We should have talked about food or sex, he said, but now it was time for him to get to work. The surprise to me in the aftermath was that two idealistic young Chinese people who had come with me and hung on every word from Ai Weiwei said he wasn't really speaking to their lives or their world. The young woman, a college sophomore, said that her feet would have been bound in the pre-revolutionary China of, say, 100 years ago that Ai Weiwei seemed to pine for. She'd have been married off in a commercial transaction, not a chance of testing her way into higher education, as she and her parents, in fact, did. The young man, a visionary high school teacher in Beijing, thought that Ai Weiwei's many dust-ups with Chinese police, and Lord knows he didn't ask for them, had made him cynical, almost blind to the big picture. Not so long ago, the young teacher said, China was occupied by the colonial powers. In material terms, China has made greater strides in 30 years than, say, Brazil or India in education, in clean water, in access to a better life. In this pragmatic, highly engineered Chinese society, the young teacher said, something is working. And what did I take away? Mainly gratitude to this brave man for his stubborn, almost fearless attachment to the soul questions. He's reminding all of us what it means to stand out as an individual and for a society to stay free, alive, creative, human. As that young teacher and school reformer said to me, Ai Weiwei has nightmares around those questions, which I was thinking apply just as sharply to Americans as to Chinese. And for this, we have to say thank you. Thank you, Ai Weiwei. There are more conversations with Chinese artists, writers, and many others on our website, radioopensource.org. I'm Christopher Leiden. Thank you.
for being part of the Open Source Podcast Project.